All right, everybody, welcome back to Heath Barn. Hope we're all staying warm. It is a little chilly out here in the barn, but we're good. We are barreling through. So, uh, back on our regular schedule here. Had an exclusive interview with Cat Williams last week. Kind of let that simmer all week. Only did one episode, but uh, going to get back to two a week here, starting with this one. Uh, this episode's a lot of sports talk. I go through the NFL wildcard games, all of them. Talk about all kinds of stuff. Well, Jerry Jones, Bill Belichick. How about how the Texans destroyed the Browns on and off the field? A little Matthew Stafford, you know, and so on and so forth. So go through all those games, give my opinions on some stuff, entertaining opinions, I, I must say. And then we get to Illinois basketball, just for a little bit, though, because I've been talking about them quite a bit lately. And then we get to the winter warm-up, which is a fan fest over the weekend that the St. Louis Cardinals had. Uh, some of the stuff uh, that I read from that that took place, and I give some thoughts on the Cardinals. But again, a lot of NFL sports talk this this episode, so uh, a lot of fun. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Heath Barn, and hit it! All right, everybody, we're back after a little, uh, <clears throat> well, I put one out last week. It was an exclusive interview with Cat Williams, and I kind of wanted to let that one simmer for the rest of the week, so uh, only did one last week, but back to the regular deal here. We're going to have one on Monday nights, one on Thursday nights, just like we've always done, so getting back to that, this one's going to be a sports one. Because there's been lots of stuff going on. There's lots of NFL stuff going on. Uh, Illinois, although I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Illinois because the last I had it a couple here in the last week or two that uh, have been about Illinois basketball. So I'm not going to talk about that too much. And also this week was the winter warm-up, which uh, for Cardinal fans, it's like uh, they always have it this week in January. And it's like a fan fest. And all the players come back and you get to – you know, the general manager and the owner and all that good stuff, they're all there, and you do Q&As. It's just a big fan fest weekend deal, whatever. But when I was uh, – when we went four years ago, we went in January of 2020. Uh, my son was only like three, but um, it's really cool. But they had it at a hotel. Now it's like – I don't know. they I don't even know where they have it now. They have it like at the stadium. They have it at Ballpark Village, which whatever. So, But um, it was uh, – it's a cool event, but uh, we didn't go. But, you know, there's lots of nuggets from there and stuff like that. So I'll spend a little bit of time on that. But the main thing going on here the last few days has been the NFL. So let's get into that. Okay, so we got uh, in the wild card round, the Texans played the Browns. So, and the Bra and the Texans uh, kicked the crap at them. So, I thought that that was pretty cool, but I did like the whole Joe Flacco story. Now, here's what's funny: going into that game, the most the the, the big story was for whatever reason it was like Flacco, and I and I get it because everybody loves a comeback story, even like that. Joe Flacco, in my opinion, is an extremely underrated quarterback because he uh, has a Super Bowl ring, uh, 
he was extremely durable and he put up good numbers for the Ravens. Like they weren't always like a offense first team, but sometimes they were. And the year they won the Super Bowl, he played his ass off through that whole thing and he uh, led them to a Super Bowl. It was not a Trent Dilfer sitch where it was like, you know, uh, defense got you there. It was, uh, Flacco was amazing. So I, I felt like he's had a great career, good dude, humble, you know, whatever. So, it is a great story that he came back and led them to the playoffs and everything like that. But to me, this whole thing revolves around that trade where Houston uh, traded Deshaun Watson to Cleveland for about 82 draft picks. I think 74 of them were first rounders. Just kidding. But it was like three first round picks, a third round pick. I don't know, something like that. But three first round picks, a third round pick and a fifth round pick for Deshaun Watson in a fifth-round pick, something like that. So it was almost like uh, the Texans saying, like, hey, we're going to beat your ass with uh, this guy that you gave us, and we're going to beat your ass with this guy that you gave us, and we're going to beat your ass with this guy that you gave us. It was just uh, amazing. And uh, the Flacco story was great, and the Browns had a great season. I think, I mean, I, I would call it a great season for this, for them to make it to the playoffs, going through, like, five quarterbacks, Stefanski, did great with all that, but, um, it was a reminder. It was almost like a big kick in the nuts to, uh, management of the Browns, like just watching them having to watch that game and see how, uh, the guy that you traded for is on the sideline, not healthy, not playing. You're you still got to pay him like however many, like hundred million, some shit. I don't even know. I don't even know what you have to pay him, but it's a lot. It's a ton. It's like the biggest, you know, however much guaranteed, uh, it's ridiculous. And there's a picture of Deshaun Watson looking at CJ Stroud, giving him like the stank eye and be like, yeah, because he, I mean, he, Deshaun Watson was great in Houston, but man, one year in Houston is young and good. And D'Amico Ryan's is amazing. And CJ Stroud just lit their ass up. And it was, to me, that was the big storyline. I mean, the Flacco thing's great. I'm glad he got to come back and literally, I mean, he did. He led a team to the playoffs, you know, and that's great. But to me, it was all about that trade and and the Cleveland ownership having and management having to look at that trade and just be like, my gosh, we traded all this for a dude who, uh, when he's played, he's been garbage and he's hurt right now. We got to pay him a quarter of a billion dollars and we're watching all these guys that we, uh, all these picks come to fruition for the Texans and they're just stomping a mud hole in our ass. So that's what I thought that game was about. Uh, Texans are a lot of fun and I don't see that changing because uh, Stroud's great. Nico Collins, uh, Tank Dell's hurt, but he'll be back. I mean, they just, you know, and the defense is, the defense is, uh, D'Amico Ryan's is a defense guy. So it's, you know, yeah, they're a lot of fun. So, that one was fun for that reason, I thought. That's the big thing about this whole round of NFL games. I thought there was a lot of good storylines. Uh, and storylines don't mean shit because it's all about, uh, you know, that's what media, media is all about storylines. And I think that's stupid. It's all about just going out and playing, you know. But as a fan, from a fan perspective, uh, you look at that stuff sometimes. So I thought that was very interesting. By the way, the barn, I didn't mention this. Cold AF. It's cold. It's chilly. 
I am bundled up in her because um, I don't know where y'all live, wherever you are in the country, but in uh, my neck of the woods, it is nine below right now. Feels like nine below. They give you the temperature, then they give you the feels like. It feels like nine below right now where where we are. So uh, it's chilly, and I came out the barn, got the heaters and going, and got it up to about fifty. But uh, I turned the heaters off to record this because background noise and stuff. So it's chilly. I'm bundled up. Uh, but hey, wouldn't have it any other way, I guess. Not as chilly as um, the next game, Kansas City, Miami. Hello. If your helmet gets cracked because it's so freaking cold, it's cold. It's cold. That game was just a good old-fashioned ass-kicking. Um, Miami, here's what I think about Miami. Start out hot. They you know run, 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 run. They do this and that, whatever, and it's great, but they petered out at the end. Now, Mostert and Waddle being hurt, like not, you know, it, it was, uh, and Tyreek, I think, wasn't uh, completely healthy at all either. But um, as somebody who had Mostert, Hill, and Waddle on my fantasy team all year, I mean, they got me the championship, but then I mean, but uh, I got my ass kicked in the championship. But it was, uh, I don't know, it's almost like peaking at the wrong time. But I also think that uh, you're going to play the defending champs in their place when it's, uh, 15 below with the wind chill, whatever, whatever it was, uh, you know, it's a tall order, but you had your chances to win games prior to that, that would have put you in a different situation in the playoffs. So, um, I like the dolphins, but it's almost like they remind me of like, uh, those teams that Mike D'Antoni. Okay. This is a, is this a stretch? I don't think it is. And I just thought of this. I didn't have it written down or anything. Mike D'Antoni, uh, NBA coach uh, was a great coach. Coached like the Suns when Nash was the point guard and won a couple MVPs. Coached coached uh, Houston, I believe, when they scored a shitload of points and a lot of fun to watch. But they didn't, he didn't win any championships because it just it never that uh, wasn't the kind of team they weren't built to win a championship. They were built to be a lot of fun and score a lot of points and stuff. But and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if that's a good comparison or not. But it just popped in my head. So. Hopefully it is, but, um, and Mike McDaniel, your cute little comments and you're all fun. You're funny and you make little jokes and you got your fucking little sweatpants that go up, right. You know, you hike them up and all that's well and good. It's all cute when you're winning, but, um, uh, a lot of talent, you got a ton of talent and you keep getting beaten the first round of the playoffs or, or whatever, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to end up catching some heat. So, uh, cause your defense was very good. I do know that um, they didn't play great, but the, the stretch there, the last six to eight weeks, I used them on fantasy, and they were like one of the top two or three teams. They were a very good defense, so um, I don't know. But they got a lot of weapons. A-chan's great. Waddle, I mean, they're very fast, explosive offense, but uh, I don't know. Seems like a kind of a finesse team, you know, for the NFL and, the uh, you know, that doesn't work very well. But so in Kansas City, don't count them out. They had a horrible season, looked like garbage, but uh, Mahomes is Mahomes, man, and it's the playoffs. So uh, they did look like garbage all year, and the offense was terrible. And, you know, and I'll tell you something else, too. The enemy's gone. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's got something to do with it or not, but Matt Nagy got fired by the Bears. He goes back to Kansas City, and next thing you know, the offense looks like trash. So 
<laughs> I don't know. But then you look at the enemy with Washington, it's kind of like, you know. So, uh, either way, Kansas City look, did not look like Kansas City this year. But at the same time, man, uh, majority of the personnel is the same, and you get them in the playoffs, and they won the championship last year, and they've won two, and they're all, they've, they're just always right there. And so I wouldn't take them lightly, you know. Uh, so they're dangerous. Um, let's see. What's the next game we got? Uh, oh, boy. Okay. Then we got Dallas and Green Bay yesterday. Uh, I was just like, the whole time, I was just like, holy shit, man. This is like <laughs> brutal. Um, I'll say this. Um, I didn't, ex- I don't know what I expected, but, um, when it was 27 to nothing, it's just like, good Lord, you know, because, uh, a lot of people care about Dallas for no reason. Dallas, you know, it's Yankees, it's Duke, it's whatever people, they get all this attention for no freaking the Lakers, whatever. They all get all this attention, whether they're good or bad. And it drives everybody else in the country nuts. Um, so they get all this attention. So it's a huge deal when they, something like this happens, but, um, you blame Dak, you blame McCarthy and all that, and they deserve some blame. But, uh, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn's got like three head coaching interviews this week. And if I like, why you gave up 48 points, that's not on McCarthy. That's not on Dak Prescott. That's what I like. That is the defensive coordinators, Dan Quinn. And it's not, it wasn't just yesterday, like six weeks prior to, he was, gar- I mean, they, Dallas's defense just went to shit in a hurry. So, uh, I get it. McCarthy's going to get fired. I mean, that's obvious. And I, that's fine. I don't, I, you know, I get it. You win 12 games, three years in a row, and you don't get past the first round. I think no matter what the organization was, there, it'd be a possibility. But I feel like out of this whole deal, with the Cowboys, the number one person to blame is Jerry Jones. He is just this, oh, God. I, prick was the first word that came to mind, but that's not, I shouldn't say that. That's not nice. But here's the thing. It's all about him. How many owners, as soon as they uh, lose a game, have 100 microphones in their face? You know, I mean, he's just makes it, he makes it way too much about him. Obvi- this is, I'm, I'm just say, stating the obvious here, but he is, uh, it's on his watch. He wants to own the team and make all the decisions and blah, 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 blah. And well, guess where's that got you? You haven't, uh, it's been 27 years. Okay. I don't want to say the wrong numbers, but I believe it's 27 years since you've made it to an NFC championship. You, it's just, uh, Jimmy and Barry Switzer and then er, nothing. And you want to control everything and you make it about you. And you, it's just, it's just a mess. And, uh, I don't know. I was trying to do a, think of a comparison, in another sport. It's not the Yankees. Yankees win have, have won more recently, obviously. Uh, it's almost like the Knicks maybe a little bit, but except not really, it's worse than the Knicks. They're, 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 they're it's, it's their own thing. They're, they're the Cowboys. And, uh, the person to blame with all this is Jerry Jones. So, um, you're the one that hired McCarthy. What the hell did you expect, you know? Uh, so, 
because you knew that you, you know, and then you had Jason Garrett there forever because you knew that you could have your guys you could control and you make all the decisions and blah, 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 blah. And it's just, uh, it's a bunch of BS. It's a mess. Um, I dare to get rid of Dak. Like, who are you going to find better than him? I mean, it's not like he's, uh, he's a top eight to 10 quarterback in the NFL. Like, you know, so, but I mean, I bet, hey, it's, it's just, uh, that whole time when that game was happening, I was just like, oh, here we go. Because, you know, it's drama. And people like drama. Um, Green Bay, awesome, man. Young team. Youngest team in the NFL. Got hot. They're just... And, man, it's almost like their coach, uh, LaFleur, as, as soon as Rodgers left, he's just like, okay, now I can, like, coach. And he's a hell of a coach. And he's great. And they're good. They're probably going to get their asses handed to him at San Francisco. But, man, what a... A great, great year for them and showing a lot of promise. Now back to Cowboys. Everybody's like, Belichick, Belichick, Belichick. Okay, I get it. I get it. And Jerry Jones is going to want to make a big splash. And Belichick's won uh, six Super Bowls. So, of course, you're going to go to want to get possibly the best NFL coach of all time. My only thing is, has anyone watched the Patriots the last two years? Anybody? Anyone? This mofo, the year before last, brought in a defensive coordinator to run his offense. Matt Patricia brought him in and he ran the offense. It's a slap in the face to offensive coordinators everywhere or anybody that knows any a, a, a freaking thing about offense. Those jobs are hard to get. And you bring in a defensive guy to run the offense. And guess what? Your offense was shit. Shocker. Like, the Patriots have been extremely dysfunctional the last two years on his watch. And, like, no communication between the... St- I mean, just a just a shit show over the last two years. Now, former Patriots are coming out being like, okay, coach, coaches just needs a fresh start and this and that, whatever, and he'll go back to how he was before. He's going to, you know, great. it'll be a great hire for anybody, and that's fine. I, I can see there. But what if it's not? What if he's just... 71 years old and the game's passed him up a little bit and he's stubborn and he's just i mean you know you can hire belichick that's fine but i'm just saying the motherfucker hired a defensive coordinator to run his offense if anybody else does that besides him they would have them committed okay but if it says so it's Belichick, it's like, well, maybe he knows something we don't know. No, because the offense was horrible that year. Horrible. So, I'm just saying, he's 71 years old. Okay, I shouldn't talk bring up his age. But, I okay, all I know is the last two years, anybody that's watched the Patriots the last two years, and, and if it was anybody besides him, they'd be like, okay, this guy ne- should never coach again. Maybe, like, maybe high school. But because it's Belichick, he's going to get any job he wants this offseason, and that's fine. Maybe he just needs to recharge his batteries in a new situation, blah, 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 blah. But don't I, I, I'm just – look at D'Amico Ryans, okay? A young guy like that who's just flipped the Texans in one year. You could have a guy like that. There, guys like that probably don't grow on trees, but there are young, smart, hungry coaches. There are coaches who aren't young – but just need that one opportunity to prove what they can do, okay? There are a lot of guys like that out there. To just hand it over to Belichick, 
Maybe it'll work. But again, hashtag had a defensive coordinator run his offense. That's all I'm saying. Hoo-hoo. Okay. So, having said all that, I'm sure Belichick will be the coach of the Cowboys next year. Wouldn't I mean, I'd, I'd almost be surprised if he's not. So, that's my thought. Those are my thoughts on Dallas and Green Bay. Now to... Let me turn my little page over here. I know what it is. It's uh, the old Rams-Lions. So... My thoughts on that one. Great game. Another great storyline, man. Unbelievable storyline. Juicier than any of them. Even juicier than the Cleveland-Houston one, I think. Because of the whole Stafford-Goff, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows what that is. So, my thoughts on that. Great game. I bet the over. And at halftime, I'm thinking, this is easy money. And then, er, no offense in the second half. So, that's fun. But couple things that ran through my mind Detroit I don't know if the fans were just extremely fired up and just really wanted to let everybody know that they were behind Goff but booing the shit out of Stafford I didn't quite get it's like okay he played for you 12 years he set like all your passing records he okay Stafford too plays through injuries he is a tough 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 SOB because you know how like some guys like that, you're like, oh, pretty boy, he's got to be soft and all this. No, 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 not Stafford. Stafford is, uh, he's a stud. I have a ton of respect for him. He can sling it, and he is hurt a lot and plays through that. He did it for Detroit all the time. And he played when you guys were garbage, and he went out there, and he played and played and played and played his ass off, and you guys just, boo, as soon as he comes running out, you know, and I was just like, okay, maybe they're just excited. And I hope that's what it was. Maybe they're just excited. Probably, you know, I'm assuming there's some tailgating involved. And But I don't get the boo in Stafford unless you're just like, it's more of a organizational thing where uh, we're behind Goff, we're behind our team, McVay, screw him, you know, he bailed on Goff and got, you know, maybe it's one of those things. But I can't think of anything that happened for 12 years that would lead them to booing Stafford that heavily, but either way, whatever, not that big a deal. So I guess, but, um, he played great, but, uh, it was a great game. Um, I felt like, uh, the lions, um, got completely screwed by the Cowboy and that Cowboys game with the whole, uh, Ineligible receiver, just a joke. NFL officials, just bleh. So, that was a joke. Early in the game, there was an offsides call that they blew. That was against, that went against the Lions as well. And they got booed, got booed out of the stadium. And deserve, deservedly so, it was a joke. So, it's almost like they overcompensated because Puka Nakua got destroyed there in the fourth quarter on that one pass. Uh, and there was no pass interference call. And so that was kind of crappy, you know, for the Rams, but I, but, um, it's not like that, you know, uh, I don't know. That was bad. That was a horrible call. They should have got a flag on that and they should have kept the ball, but, um, 
having said all that, it was a great game, and I'm really, really happy for the Lions fans. I My favorite, I'm um, watching George Pickens have a little tantrum on the sidelines now. He is a punk. Good Lord. I'll get to that a little later, I think. But um, it's 31-17 Buffalo right now. Sorry if I'm being a spoiler. 4.50 to go, but Pickens is just a punk. Threw his helmet up against something and bounced off, hit somebody else. He's... Uh, He's the one who uh, wouldn't block because he saw what happened to Tank Dell. Like, he wouldn't block for somebody by the goal line. He's, yeah, Jesus. And that's leading me to the Lions I was going to talk about. Like, the Lions, two of my favorite, well, my favorite player of all time. My favorite football player of all time is a Lion. It's Barry Sanders. And, I mean, pick, yeah, Pickens probably got held there. But still, he's just an ass. He just acts like an ass. Um, uh... And one of my other favorite players is Calvin Johnson. First belt Hall of Famer, both of them. Calvin Johnson, not a diva at all. Like people, like George Pickens. He's not a diva. He just went out there and kicked ass and kept his mouth shut, kind of like Barry. But Barry's the Barry's the man with that kind of stuff. But um, So, I'm happy for the Lions. I'm happy for Detroit because uh, they haven't won a playoff game since Barry's been playing for him. So, uh, fun game. Again, the Stafford thing was a little bit confusing, but man, Stafford, he's just such a tough son. I mean, his, they showed his, in between his knuckles, he's like bleeding and it's swollen on his throwing hand. And then he gets destroyed on one, which could have been rough in the past, sir. But again, I think the, I think the rest were just afraid to call anything against the lions after, after that offside call. But you know, and he goes running, goes into the blue tent, boop, he's back out. I mean, he's just, uh, and he's been like that his whole career, you know. So he, uh, I have a lot of respect for him. Not that he gives a shit if John Heath has respect for him. I get that, but I'm just saying I do. Um, now, the games tonight. Again, I told you about the one going on right now: Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Um, Buffalo fans are just the shit, man. They were snovel, uh, snoveling, shoveling snow at the stadium. In the in the seats, shoveling snow, and like, first of all, like it blows my mind that like uh, you don't have employees doing that. But the fans in Buffalo to go into the stadium, shovel snow so they can get seats, so they can have seats, everything. I mean, it's just like it's just like there's they're just one big family. And uh, if I'm that Buffalo coach in the locker room, I'm saying like, look at look at what your fans do for you. Like you, anybody does not play your ass off for them doesn't deserve to be here because your fans, you you mean everything to this town and you mean everything to these fans. They are literally shoveling snow. So this game can happen tonight so they can have a seat to come watch you. It is however much below zero. They are. I mean, it's just amazing how much they love you. So anybody that's not going to bust your, the bust your ass, just, just go home now. I mean, you, they deserve to see you guys go out there and play your ass off. So, and there'd be other stuff I'd say, but uh, I just think that the fans there and the fans just in the NFL in general are just, they're great. They're crazy. But like Kansas city, I mean, it was so, it was so cold there. Patrick Mahomes got hit and his helmet broke. Cause it was so cold and it's just packed. And then, you know, I love the NFL, but I, but I'm very comfortable watching it on a television. So, uh, just shows 
fans, passionate fans are the best. So, um, it looks like, well, their Buffalo's got it wrapped up here. They're up 31, 17 and they got the ball and there's two forty to go. And it's, and they're on the, <laughs> it's second and goal. So this game's over. Now the last one, Tampa Bay and Philadelphia, uh, I don't know what will happen, but I know the Eagles have gone down the crapper here in the last month or so. A.J. Brown's not playing, and I'm not sure what something's fishy is going on with him because he, like, you can always tell by their uh, social media, whatever, and apparently he, like, deleted stuff, and they say he's hurt, he tried to play, but he can't play and everything, so I don't, I don't know, whatever. But I blame a lot of what's going on with that. Uh, the, their offensive coordinator from last year is now the head coach in Indy, and he did a amazing job with the Colts this year so that has made a big difference because their offense just has looked very poor and so is their defense so they're a mess but this will this will be like the epitome of like can they turn it on can they turn the switch back on since it's the playoffs and we'll see what happens but um so that game should be fun tonight um in Detroit like I said uh, back to them they get to host another playoff game now so That'll be it'll be crazy there. Good for them. Happy for them. So, I think that's all my NFL stuff I got. Um, yes, it is. Now I'll do a quick little thing on Illinois basketball team. They this past week beat Michigan State by three. Didn't play great, but one. Uh, anytime you can, you know, Big Ten wins are tough to come by. So I mean, I wasn't great, but they won and. Then this on Sunday, they lost at home to Maryland. I am going to be completely honest. We went to church. We came home. It was about 20 below zero outside. We had the heat on, and we just got kind of snuggled up, and I took a nap, and I woke up with about 10 minutes to go in the second half, and they were down four, and I watched it for a while, and then I just turned it off because I'm like, nope, they're not, and it was a mess, and they played terrible, and that's pretty much across the board and it was just one of those turd games and uh hopefully they'll be able to bounce back this week but um you know they said like well like eight of the eight of the top 10 ranked teams this week got beat and illinois is ranked 10th now they're ranked 14th i think but that doesn't make it okay you know you you can't uh take all that stuff for granted you gotta it's hard to win the big 10 and everything like that but um if you want to get to where you want to get you can't be get beat by maryland at home but they did so that means they got to steal one. They shouldn't win here at some point to make up for it. But uh, I worry a little bit because with Terrence Shannon out, uh, Underwood's always kind of kept a pretty tight rotation. And now that he's out, those guys are logging a lot of minutes and he's only going like six, seven deep on, on his bench. And, they just played Thursday night, and I know that he was talking about how there's been some sickness or something like that. So I wonder if maybe there was some fatigue on Sunday, which just led to some mental errors and being sloppy, stuff like that. But that's entirely possible. But, um, you know, Underwood, I uh, he, he's he got to trust it before he'll throw you out there, and I am all for that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I remember going into the year, they're like, oh, we got so much depth this year, so much depth, but it, Underwood never has depth because he doesn't trust a lot of guys to go out there. So, And with Shannon out, and now you're down to like literally six, Danger makes seven, um, and he doesn't 
depending on the matchup here, here gets out there. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, but he's going to have to start trusting a couple more guys or something. Cause you know, I worry about them getting kind of worn out. I think they were fatigued a little bit Sunday and just played like crap and they got beat, but, um, Maryland played Thursday night too. So whatever they got beat. So, uh, this next week they got a couple more that are very winnable games. So we'll see if they get back on track. That's all I'm going to say about Illinois. Not going to spend too much time on them. Now, last but not least, uh, winter warm-up is this week for the Cardinals. Uh, I saw... Oh, if I would have went... See, when I went, they... I think they... You could ask You could ask Mo questions. He's the president of baseball operations. He's the guy, for those of you that don't know. You could ask him questions, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't let you... I don't think they let you ask... Uh, they don't let you ask uh, the DeWitts, the owners, questions anymore. I don't think. Only the only the media. I think I could be wrong, but man, I wish I'd have been there to ask them questions because all this falls on them. They won't. They have the money. They won't spend it. Uh, they, there's a self-imposed salary cap that I'd love to just raise my hand and be like, why? Why is that? Like, well, we have a good system. We've been a, one of the most winning franchises. Yeah, I get it. But last year you won 71 games. So I mean, I'd just be like, why? Like, what, why is there a self... When you guys have money coming out of your ears, like, what, why? Well, why? You know, just... That, that'd be fun to do. But um, some of the things that I saw, like, they're saying Brendan Donovan is uh, kind of turning into a leadership role, which I think's just fine. I love Donovan. Um, I wasn't really aware of that, but he kind of... Some of the quotes that he had and the article about him was pretty cool. Um, so apparently he's turning into more of a kind of a leader on the team, which I think is good. Uh, Jordan Walker, apparently he's 260 now, which freaking a let's go. I mean, he's a big, strong kid and a stud. And so he's big and strong. He's put on some weight, but I, I don't think it's like, and he said he spent a lot of the, uh, off season with Okendo and William McGee to work on his fielding. That's, that's great. That's how it should be. Um, the new pitchers were there. Uh, let me see what I put down here. Um, the DeWitts, um, were the main thing. Um, I wish that somebody would hold them accountable about the, but about the, the budget. Um, just because I know that, uh, there's a lot of dry powder there, as they say, and they just choose not to use it. But um, another thing, too, was there was a talk about a month ago about how um, a Goldie extension was probably on the horizon before spring training started. And then uh, all that kind of dissipated. And then um, they were talking to Mo, and he said, well, we've decided to just kind of wait into the season. So I wonder if, like, Goldie – told his people like let's just see how we're doing here let's see how this plays out before we decide that you know um because i don't know or maybe maybe it was on most side who knows but here's what i think about all that there's people that are like well don't extend him because he's going to be 30 okay here's who i don't care here's my thing i don't give a shit well okay shouldn't say that say it like that i don't care if goldie and arnado play to play until they're 50 i'm making sure they're retiring as cardinals because when you got future hall of famers you keep them i don't care how old they are 
They're future Hall of Famers. So you don't let them go. You pay them. You let them play until they decide they want to retire. And then they retire. And then they get the red jackets. And we, that's how that rolls. Okay. If you got Goldschmidt and Arenado, everybody remember in 2022 when they got first and third in the NL MVP? Goalie just won the MVP in 2022. I don't care how old he is. He's 36. He's going to turn 37 during the season. Who cares? He's a future Hall of Famer. Arnado is only 32. You do not trade guys like that. Like one bad year, and everybody's like, oh, let's just trade them so we can get tear it down. Like they no, 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 no. You don't do that with them. You don't do that with them. If you extended Matt Carpenter when he was washed up and he is nowhere near Goldie and Arnado's level, then you better extend Goldie too if you're going to do that for Carpenter because they are no way the same player, not even on the same level as Goldie. So keep him. Until he retires, keep Arnado until he retires, pay them, let them play first base and third base. Then they retire. And like I said, and then they go into the Cardinal Hall of Fame and probably the Baseball Hall of Fame as Cardinals. That's how that should work. You don't get rid of people like that. I don't give a shit how old they are. You don't get rid of them. Just my thoughts. I don't. It's silly. Just keep those guys. Let them play their positions because future Hall of Famers don't like just go to complete tra- Okay, like Yachty. <clears throat> Do we keep him? I mean, I've, okay, I know it's not the same situation, but uh, Goldie and Arnado are, are two of the best players of the last, uh, I mean, of their generation. Goldie's one of the best first basemen of his generation. Top three, probably. Arnado's a top three third baseman of his generation, at least maybe the best. So you just keep them. Who cares if they're aging? You got them. You work your ass off to get guys like that. You don't get rid of them. Keep them. So extend Goldie, give him what he wants. Now, if it's coming from his side, I don't even blame him because if I had the freaking DeWitt saying this and that, whatever, and doing something different, I'd, I'd wait it out too a little bit, but hopefully all that can get worked out. So, uh, from the winter warm-up, I, you know, it's all sunshine and lollipops, you know, everybody's all positive and things like that, but I do feel like, um, Cardinals should be better this year. Last year, it was just garbage. Uh, you know, Ollie was there talking his normal deal, but, um, and Mo made it sound like he's going to do this two more years and somebody else is going to take over, so we'll see about all that, but finish up strong, Mo. I don't like, I mean, Mo annoys the hell out of me too, but I feel like uh, sometimes we're shooting the messenger. All this is coming from the DeWitts. He can't, it's not his money. You know, he's doing what he can. You got Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, Sonny Gray. And then if, if the DeWitts are telling him to stop spending money, he, or he can't do this, can't do that, it's not his fault. So, um, again, Mo is, uh, can be a little, I just feel like he's uh, condes- can be condescending, can be a little smug, and this kind of this and that that rubs people wrong. But again, blame the Dewitts. It's not most money. That's kind of where I'm landing with all this stuff. I'm I'm way more annoyed with the Dewitts than I am Mo. So and remember, we have Goldschmidt and Arnado because of trades that Mo made, and they was they were both highway robbery. So you know, uh, we shall see what happens, but. Okay, well, I feel like that's, I feel like I covered everything sports-wise I was wanting to. 
Um, going to have another one coming up Thursday here. Uh, going to have a lot of fun stuff coming up. You can find these, remember, on all podcasting formats. And remember, also, I have stuff on Instagram, TikTok, X, Facebook, all that good stuff. Look up Welcome to the Heath Barn. Uh, X, I changed it to Heath Barn Pod, I believe now is my name. So, um, so there's the final right there, too, by the way. Buffalo 31, Pittsburgh 17, Buffalo moving on. I'm going to listen back to this bad boy, put it out, and then uh, watch me a little, you know, go in there with my son and watch a little Peyton and Eli. Peyton and Eli calling the uh, Tampa Philly game. So, not calling it, but you know what I mean. Sitting on their ass. Talking about the game, being fun. It's a fun watch if anybody uh, enjoys that kind of thing. So, But, all right, well, thank you for listening to this episode. jheath2286.podbean.com For now. Click on that. Get you all the episodes, all the good stuff. So, and again, Apple Podcasts, blah, 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 all down the line. Everything. Every podcasting format you can find me. So, I am John Heath. This is the Welcome to the Heath Barn Podcast. Thank you for listening, and that's that.